Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of uh, Simply Bitcoin IRL. My guest today is Nico. I'm going to totally butcher your last name, man. I'm sorry. Jilch. And I'm going to ask for uh, for that correction in a second. Really excited about this. Uh, but before we start the show, I want to give a shout out to who powers the show. So on Bitcoin.com. It's the best place to buy Bitcoin. Buy Bitcoiners for Bitcoiners. They incentivize self-custody and dollar cost averaging. It's awesome. Check out uh, check out swanbitcoin.com today. I want to introduce, or no, I want to bring on stage, better said, Nico. Nico, how do you actually say your last name? Hi, Nico. It's very nice to meet you. Um, it's Yich. So it's Yich. A, at the end, yes. So Yich. Okay. Yich. All right. I it's learned a, something today. Yeah, it's not Nico, that easy. I'm sorry. Okay. Um, no, it's 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 a common occurrence. Nico butchers names. Um, the only ones I could do is like American names and then uh, Hispanic names. <laughs> Those are the ones I have. Uh, I, I I could actually pull off. Um, do you know uh, you know uh, Knut Svanholm? Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I've met him. Yeah. We actually he, we spent we spent almost a, a week in Bulgaria a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Oh. Okay. How yeah, nice. Yeah. yeah. I love him and I love his work, but yeah, when he came on the show, I said, um, I said, uh, I said, Newt Svanholm. <laughs> I think he's used, he's used to getting his name pushed as well. Oh. It is, but now I know it. Now I know it. Knut Svanholm and Nico Zich. With Zich. an L. Yilch. Yeah. Zich. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't Oof. worry. It's just Nico. You, you, you'll remember Nico, right? It's not so hard for you. Uh, yeah, but I have to start getting to the habit of uh, getting the getting the names right. Anyways, um, look, I love your work, man. If anyone hasn't checked out his his Substack, I definitely recommend it. And there's something on your Substack that uh, that called my attention, and it was your piece on why central bank di central bank digital currencies are a terrible idea. Mm -hmm. And the reason I wanted to talk about today is because it was finally announced. Um, here, I have the screenshot right here. It was finally announced by uh, by the New York Federal Reserve and multiple global banking giants start a 12-week digital, digital dollar pilot. And we also know that the Biden administration and their digital assets framework that they were released, not only did they talk badly about Bitcoin, but what the piece that was very striking to me was this report that was released by the the u.s treasury and in the name of that report it was called the future of money and that entire report i kid you not they mentioned stable coins they mentioned uh payment platforms like venmo cash app etc etc and then in that entire report they never mentioned bitcoin so in the eyes of governments and central banks right Bitcoin is just a distraction. And now what's really interesting, though, is also in the future of money report, they never mention the reason as to why people are opting out of government money, which is censorship and inflation. They never mention that. Right. So and of course, it makes sense because they love that. They love that ability to print money. They love that privilege of being able to create money for free that everybody else has to work for. So, Nico, what are your thoughts on central bank digital currencies? What's going on over there? So 
I think it's it's a good idea to start at the beginning. Basically, in 2012, the ECB, the European Central Bank, they actually had a paper on um, on Bitcoin. That it's called it was called digital currency schemes, and it was a, a paper on Bitcoin and and the Linden dollar from Second Life. So they had this these two weird digital token things in one paper and they actually had a page in there about Austrian economics and and uh, the economic reasons behind Bitcoin and the idea um, behind Bitcoin um, and they so they mentioned that Bitcoin was 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 uh, was made was founded was discovered maybe um, in order to have an alternative um, to government money but this this kind of, of reasoning this kind of, of narrative, um, was forgotten later on. And today we have a situation that is a lot more, um, you know, emotional. We had, um, in, the, in the wake of the FTX um, collapse, we have German central bankers and ECB central bankers going on in, into the media saying, oh, it's all, it's all bad. And, you know, I also like the, the, um, the, it uses too much energy. Did you know it uses too much energy? And, and this is the, the best reason, the best, the best reason we have um, um, to, to introduce central digital currencies. So, so I think um, th there's many, many angles to talk about this. There's many, many um, ways you can, you can um, arrive here. You also mentioned um, that there's banks and, and, and credit card companies involved with, with central digital currencies. Actually, the guys... Who are, who are literally uh, building them the money printing machines. Um, they come from Germany um, and they are also involved. They're also trying to come up with some softwares for central banks. So first and foremost, it's it's a business for some um, or a potential business for, for people to provide um, the software. And then there's, of course, um, the policy side of it. And and right now it's it's a bit like it's like within central bank, circles it's a bit like esg it's, it's something that everybody can just talk about and be smart about right um and and the, the real question is are they um dismissing bitcoin because they they fear it so much or are they dismissing it because it's just they cannot fathom that there might really be an alternative and they'll just say well it's a fad because there cannot ever be a real alternative to the the, the wonders of central bank uh, fiat money but um, when you really look into, into what central bank digital currencies will bring to the world, well, first of all, it's not much uh, from, from a consumer perspective. I mean, it's even hard to explain to anybody what digital um, central bank money is supposed to be because most of my money is already digital and not even like the Bitcoin, even when you talk about fiat. And then there is the problem of geography. So why would we need um, digital money? And, and, but it, it stops at... Um, it stops at the border, right? Um, so from a European perspective, it's it's really, um, for them, they're very nervous. The ECB is super nervous because they have the problem of the Chinese coming from the East um, and having, you know, already advanced digital money. And then they have the problem of the US coming um, um, from the West, having the dollar, which is already basically, which is already the, 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 the world's reserve currency, the world's most important currency, the world's commodity currency. It's also... Um, the stable coin uh, for the world, you know, when you look at a crypto exchange, you don't need a euro stable coin besides tax reasons. There is no need for it. I can use a dollar stable coin as well. And, and then you have the euro, you know, um, and we're supposed to be only using the euro. And, and um, that, so at least when it comes to the to co the competition, they can't really get around it. Uh, they could, you know, basically have um, digital 
country zones that are basically like digital prisons, but it, it, it really makes no sense when you look at it from first principles, of course, what the world basically needs is one digital money, and that is going to be Bitcoin. And from an economics perspective, it's totally it, it's totally easy to understand, but they are they are not going out without a fight. Absolutely not. Absolutely, and I, and I and I completely agree with that last part. Right, is that they're not going to go out without a fight. And I, I think the reports and 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 Nico, we're Nico and Opti. Um, I mean myself and opti better said um are in this very privileged position where you know we we have awesome partnerships um that allow us to cover the news on a day-by-day basis and i fundamentally i fundamentally believe that is something malicious it is not they don't actually really care about the energy usage and the reason i say that is because if you look at the united states right in the digital assets framework released by the white house um, they were basically saying that if the Bitcoin mining industry isn't able to adhere to certain standards, which no other industry, including gold mining, is made to adhere to, we should ban it all right, just like uh, communist China. So, And also another example was Norway. Norway is very interesting because we know that 98% of energy production in Norway is comes from renewable energy sources and specifically in the north where the majority of Bitcoin mining happens a hundred percent of the Bitcoin miners are powered by renewable energies but certain political parties in Norway still wanted to ban Bitcoin mining right Mm -hmm. so I, I, I don't know Nico maybe I'm Maybe I'm just so used to being attacked as a Bitcoin content creator, but to me, it sounds a lot more malicious than, uh, oh, we just don't know any better. Um, well, if you, when you look at the, some of the announcements from the ECB, um, especially the early announcements of central bank digital currencies, they actually um, went out with the argument of, yeah, we're going to use a lot less energy. So, so they already, they, they, they let their guard down that one time, you know? Well, we don't really care about Bitcoin, but our thing is going to use a lot less energy. Did I say more? I mean less. Um, and, then, and then there is this, this because I come from the media, so I see, I see everything um, that's happening in the media, and it's, 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 it's rather easy to see how these memes and these narratives are getting, are getting you know, played in the media. Um, and my argument is this. If you really care about um, the the energy usage of Bitcoin, why do you never talk about gold mining? You know, gold mining is a lot more energy intensive. It's a lot worse for the for the environment, um, and nobody ever talks about gold mining. If you really care about um, Bitcoin being used for illicit activities, why is nobody ever talking about Monero? It doesn't make any sense. Why is there no politicians um, and central bankers going going on about Monero in the in the news? Um, if you really care about Ponzi schemes um, being being built upon Bitcoin, why is is you know FTX and Sam Bankman-Fried is still is still getting is still getting um, 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 like the nice treatment even by the New York Times today, which was absolutely appalling. I mean, I have no idea what's going on there. I mean, it's it's we actually most we look to the U.S. Um, 
being a bit smarter about these things, but it seems like right now you're dropping the ball there. Um, and 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 then there is the political, um, like you said, um, the mean-spirited approach. And that is coming mostly from the political left, from, from the socialist left, um, because they rightly see Bitcoin as a threat to their um, yeah, hegemony over basically the money usage because Bitcoin will turn off the, the faucet. And if the faucet gets turned off, the power goes away. And this is not only true for the central banks, it's also true for the politicians. Um, so they, they are widely attacking it within Europe, within the European Parliament, within the different countries, um, in one country more, one country less. Um, it's mostly, it's in, interestingly, you're right, it's the Nordic countries like Sweden. I didn't know about Norway. Norway is not in the EU because they have too much oil, so they don't join the EU because then they would have to do some other rules that they didn't want to do. Um, just like Switzerland is not in the EU because they have too much money. Um, so they are they are going to be smarter about this anyway, but but the the the, um, the the arguments are mostly because they they I think they smell that this is something that could really hurt their power, and that's why it has to go. And I actually did a, an interview with um, with uh, Berger. Um, what's his name? I'll, I'll I'll come up with his name his first name. Uh, he's a me member of European Parliament who actually was the guy who 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 was um, in charge of Mika, the, the markets of uh, in crypto assets regulation that's coming out of the EU Parliament. And he talked in my podcast. He talked about um, and he he's coming from the conservative side, from the German conservative side. And he said, you know, um, all of this it was not about Bitcoin at all because because Bitcoin is, is is not part of that legislation. But the leftists, the socialists, and the green parties they actually tried to put in a proof of work ban within this leg legislation without him even noticing. So they are. It's 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 on the agenda. It's especially on the agenda of the European left right now. And you can see this when you look closely. You can see this in the in the in the um, in the politicians, and you can also see it in the in the central banks because they say they are independent and not political, but everybody there has some political affiliation. And if if they are going to 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 fight Bitcoin, it's mostly coming from the left, which is not saying that the right is an ally. It's probably not. Um, but they don't worry about Bitcoin so much. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Um, it's okay. Um, sorry, I, I, I thought you I thought you were done talking. Um, but look, so it, it's interesting that the concept of of it's coming from the political left, and I, I, we we started picking up that pattern very quickly. New York State, which is, you know, it's it's uh, it's run by, you know, the political party in the United States is the Democrats and um, also, New, you know, full full mining ban, a full proof of work. They actually waited till after the election to sign that into law. But, yeah, they, they passed a law there as well. Now, the reason that's interesting to me is because the left and, and to me, this is a tragic. This is tragic to me. Um, but Bitcoin has this. One of my one of my favorite features of Bitcoin is that it exposes everybody's incentives, right? And the political left has been sold as we are for the little guy. You know, we are for the person that can't take care of them can't take their tank can't take care of themselves. But unfortunately, right, the reality is that every time you print money, it's a wealth redistribution mechanism from the lower middle classes that don't have means the means to save in assets. 
and it, the the wealthy benefit from asset inflation and of course the government benefits because they you know they enrich themselves via the money printing right they they get to pay whether it's a war a social program anything that they can't afford but they can afford due to the money printing and 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 that part is heartbreaking to me you know because i really believe that and again it's not monolith you know there's people on the right that don't like bitcoin but I agree with you that the pattern, the troubling pattern is that the the main attackers on Bitcoin, on Bitcoin's proof of work and, and what keeps it uncorruptible is coming from the political left. But I also have a little bit of hope because we're starting to see, you know, uh, shout out to shout out to this awesome podcast. It's called The Progressive Case for Bitcoin. Right. We have uh, Jen Erso, who who is on sitting on the Bitcoin Policy Institute and they sit on the left. And they're big advocates for Bitcoin. They're big advocates for proof of work. Do you believe that that will ever, because at the end of the day, I fundamentally believe that Bitcoin is apolitical and it's for people on the left and for people on the right. Do you, do you ever, do you ever see a world where that, you know, the current pattern that's happening today, you know, starts to dissipate and we have support, we have support for Bitcoin coming from the political left and coming from the political right, right? Because I fund I fundamentally believe that it helps both sides. On the right-hand side, it's about sovereignty. And the left-hand side, it's about the little guy. It's about helping the little guy. And what better technology is there um, but having a currency where if you're working on, on, if you're working, you get to keep all of, all of what you worked for yeah. rather than how it is today where you work and you're being stolen from. We're privileged to live in, in countries that the inflation rate isn't anything too crazy, even though I know it's about 10% in Europe today, in Germany, better said. But do you, do you ever see that changing? So there's two things here. The... Fiat money and fiat money inflation is absolutely um, the exploitation of the working class. I mean, and, it, and every Marxist um, should should be fighting this. But the political left um, as an organization is probably not going to to embrace Bitcoin because because they. I mean, one of the ten the ten um, 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 points in the in the Communist Manifesto is literally talking about um, one bank to rule them all. Right. So that would be. The digital central bank, the central bank digital currency, right? Which is, by the way, one of the reasons why the banking system and the bankers really don't like central bank digital currencies. That that the, that the moment they moved on Bitcoin, um, and they are still in the background, but I talked to them. The moment they moved on Bitcoin was the moment when the central bank started talking about central bank digital currencies, because central bank digital currencies can totally kill the banks, and also they can they can give the the central bank a way to bail out the little guy. And let the banks fail, which would probably be a good idea to let some banks fail, but they don't want to be you know, um, too small to be failed, right? They want to be too big to fail. So, so there's going to be um, conflicts there. There's also going to be the question in Europe, which is absolutely unanswered so far, in my opinion, um, is first of all, is the ECB even um, within their rights to introduce a central bank digital currency? That, that, that I mean, the that the lawyers need to be talking there because the center ECB is, 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 a, is a framework that is used by 19 different nation states. It's, and it's not like um, there's like, we're not the same, right? We, we use the same currency, um, but it, 
there's no certainty there that they can just introduce this 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 totally new thing that is not defined yet, right? And then and then there's the question: if it gets introduced, and if we need to change the treaties, because if we change the treaties that that touch the eurozone and the European Union, in some countries there will be referendums. And I can already tell you how the referendums are going to end. Um, but we have a, a very interesting way of, of, of dealing with referendums in Europe, which is do one referendum after the other until, uh, until uh, you know, the, the outcome is as, as they want it to be. We have we've had that in, in, in certain, in certain um, topics um, years ago, before the euro crisis even. So, so there is this. Then there is the question of, the, of, of Eastern Europe. When you go to Eastern Europe, um, when, you, when you talk to a, to, a, to, to a group of young people, you know, um, uh, about Bitcoin, the Eastern Europeans will get it immediately because their families have lived through communism, their families have lived through hyperinflation, and, 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 and they, they will get it immediately. Not even just the inflation part, more the censorship resistance and the control part. The, East, the, the Western Europeans are saying, ah, how, how about we try some communism, you know, has never been tried. Yeah, communism. Um, and it's really sad. It's really sad, but it's it's the truth, um, and it's it's changing. But but we haven't experienced it, and there has never been in in in, in Western Europe. We don't have this um, strong um, commitment to the market economy and capitalism that you have in the U.S. So so you don't have that. You know, as a as a politician, you can never go on on stage and say I like capitalism. You you're done that day. You're done, right? Um, so that's the problem. But Ironically, um, the euro is also in its in its core. It's very it's very uh, it's not very, but it's kind of similar to Bitcoin because the countries that that joined the euro gave up their national currency. They gave up the monetary sovereignties. You know, we have modern monetary theorists, idiots running around in Europe because they like the idea, but in the end, it doesn't really work because these countries do not have uh, monetary sovereignty. They cannot print their own money. Austria cannot print its own money. Now, that was the idea. That's how it was sold. And then, of course, um, all the, 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 the rules were broken when, this, when the, the, the crisis hit. And now the central bank is just monetizing the debt without saying so. And we have high inflation. And we have Christine Lagarde, who does not know what she's doing at the head of the ECB. Um, and, and in the end, it's, it's, it's the question for me in the end should not even be, will there be a central bank digital currency? The question is, will the euro survive this? Because I've actually been somebody who, who likes the euro. I like the idea of the euro being, being a, a challenger to the dollar. Um, but right now it's not looking, it's not looking good. And, and I don't know if I, if I still like it because, because as a supporting mechanism for what's happening within the European Union, um, it's, it's probably not doing any good because since the last couple of, of months, especially under von der Leyen, the European Commission president, um, not very many, not many good ideas have come from her, you know. Um, she wants more control, more money, you know, whatever. So, so with your question about the political right and the political left, um, I think it's possible in some instances because I think that the, that the, the people, the people who joined the protests, the people who joined the parties, the people who joined the leftist parties, um, the, 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 the people who actually want to change things, they will end up at Bitcoin. 
And I can see this today. In Germany, we have the same thing. We have like in the US, we have um, leftist Bitcoiners and we also have fight bit, fights between libertarian Bitcoiners and leftist Bitcoiners. And, you know, Bitcoiners are very disagreeable people and Twitter is not helping. Um, but <laughs> but, um, but um, uh, there are some who get it. And funnily enough, like the, that like the very first, let's say, mainstream generation of Bitcoiners have been leftists. But they basically, they are salty now because they, they didn't buy or they, they sold too early and now they hate it. So there's, a, there's like this, there's like this, this anti-crypto, anti-Bitcoin, because now a business as well, like, like this, this deal guy and the, the, some other guys in, in America. We also have them in Germany now. They go to the talk shows and talk about energy usage and, 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 and all that stuff, you know. Um, and now, of course, because of FTX, they have they have a, a very good time. Um, but but so the political left is not loving it. Um, they are more on the MMT train right now. They just want to print it all, you know, the, basically. Um, the, and the political right, yeah, well, it's, it depends how you define political right, really, because we have more than one party and even like the conservatist centrist party are not that right. And then the right parties are really, really on the right side, you know, um, very nationalistic. So, so, and they don't talk about the whole money thing at all, really, you know. Um, so, so it's really hard to say if how quickly it will become a political issue. I think that the U.S. is 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 far um, far more advanced when it comes to that subject. A hundred percent, and it, it's unfortunate to me. It's a tragedy. Because I see Bitcoin as helping every single human being and hopefully over time that starts to shift. Anyways, I wanted to read this passage because it's a very strong passage and it was one of uh, it was one of your Substack uh, posts. And it says uh, the year is 2050. Carge, cash has largely disappeared from everyday life. Anyone caught with any form of paper money is considered suspicious. Drugs, money laundering, sabotage. Cash is dirty. The currency is digital now, but our digital payment transactions have long been monitored, fully have long been fully monitored. This has given economists and central bankers completely new possibilities as well as the police. And I and it, having this conversation, this is a wet dream. They're, they're not even hiding this anymore. This is what they want. They want you to own nothing and be happy. Their, their own propaganda is saying this, but that is only possible if they have complete control of, of money, the monetary policy of money of what you can, and what you can't spend. And Bitcoin is a fundamental threat to that. Right. And I guess that explains the the digital attacks. Uh, Nico, could you elaborate of what life would be like under a central bank digital currency for everybody? So basically, there's there's this German movie that has um, I think has had some success uh, in the U.S. It's called um, "Das Leben der anderen," Life of the Others. It's about life in communist Eastern Germany, and it's about this one guy who who spies on some other guy um, and makes it his life's um, mission to spy on him. Basically, you know, sits he basically sits across the street and spies on him for years, and that would be that would be what we have what we would have on central bank digital currency. And there's no way around this because once you have this, you have this honeypot of information, politi politicians, police, and even central bankers will just use it. So life on, with, with a tot totally controlled central bank digital currency um, 
will be absolutely horrifying because not only do you have the censorship and the political control and the, the, the surveillance, you know, that's is why Edward Snowden is talking about this all the time because surveillance is, is his topic, you know. Um, not only do you have the surveillance, the really scary part is the economists. Because right now we are in a situation where, where fiat money and the central bank experiment is on its last legs. And we've been knowing this for a very long time, but we didn't know how, how creative they will get with prolonging um, the system. And central bank digital currencies, and this is also why I, I put economists before even like central bankers or politicians because, and the police, because economists are crazy. Um, especially Keynes and uh, macroeconomists who think they can they can steer the economy in any any direction, right? They want they want us to not only own nothing. They also want us to to to, to they, they also want us to steer into you know social credit score system. You bought this, um, maybe it has too much you know C CO two emissions. So tomorrow you cannot buy something else. And you already have this in China where where people cannot send their kids to the right schools because they said something on, on the Chinese Twitter that was not communist enough. It's absolute insanity. Um, and the thing is that this works in China and it will probably work in Russia because these um, countries are very autocratic and very collectivist. Um, and in the end, the question is, are the people going to accept it in the so-called free world, in the so-called um, liberal West, right? Because I am absolutely of the opinion that as long as we as we as we fight back we do stand a chance this is not um a certainty absolutely not it's not a certainty on the technical side because you don't know how they are going to do it they don't know how they are going to do it you know because if you have a central digital currency nothing can go wrong if you get hacked what are you going to do you know when it said when, when the media says yeah, the euro just got hacked so what, what's going to happen then you know with the euro even if there's just a rumor about uh, it getting hacked um the second thing is the second thing is where are they going to get the developers you know where are they going to they're central banks they're not computer com companies so they're going to buy it from some private company like they're doing now this 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 these things with mastercard and the banks you know um i actually like to say you know if you're young and if you and if you if you if you're into computers if you like to do something with money maybe you know get a job at some of those institutions and some you know maybe leave some bucks um, because because this is this is an important fight <laughs> for for our future. We can if we lose this, um, we really have a huge problem. And I don't know um, um, you know how far along we are. But I do think that that they that if we if we push back um, and if the information spreads faster than they can develop their surveillance currencies that we do have a chance to, to stop this, really. I, I really think we do, because we also have Bitcoin. And Bitcoin, I mean, can Bitcoin be stopped? You tell me, Nico. Absolutely not. <laughs> the incentives are way too great for the honey badger to... Uh, the incentives are... Look, I'll give you an example. Um, Nigeria, right? We had this very famous... Mm -hmm. uh, post that was released by the United Nations and uh, it made this whole case about how we can't let developing countries adopt Bitcoin and use Bitcoin as a standard and their solution was try to regulate the on and off ramps making it very difficult for people and then the second solution is what we must introduce our own digital currency and they did just that in Nigeria and what was fascinating, the, the, the case study about Nigeria is fascinating because it's exactly like you said, uh, Nico, earlier. In Western Europe, 
they still haven't burnt their finger with with mm -hmm. a collectivist ideology in Eastern Europe. Myself, I'm, from, I'm originally from Venezuela, right? We, we you yeah. you smell that and you're like, oh my god, um, I've seen this before. Uh, Eastern Europe, they smell. They're like, I've seen this before. Things aren't free. Um, there's always a cost. Nigeria is fascinating because they tried their 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 country. Their government currency is called the naira, and the government, in hopes of keeping people using the government currency, they re they released the e naira that was backed by all the academics, backed by all the individuals, backed by all the bankers. It utterly failed, and right now it's estimated that between thirty to forty percent of the Nigerian youth population is using Bitcoin. And why is that? Because the incentives of Bitcoin, a non-censorship-resistant -censor and a cap supply, meaning it's a deflationary currency, will always be an inflationary currency and a censored currency. And Nigeria Absolutely. is great because Nigeria, um, their inflation rate is, is, is over 50%. It, it's some absurd amount. So what incentive do, do someone in Nigeria has to adopt a central bank digital currencies, which is why I completely believe we will win at the end um and 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 it will and it will win in the in africa south america and asia first because people really need it there and here we we understand it um technically we understand it philosophically and yes now with the inflation raging um people are getting more interested and and it goes hand in hand with people losing faith in the government structures and yes. we've seen this we've seen this with covid um, it started like everybody was was basically saying, "Oh my God, you know that the government needs to help. We, 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 we you know, govern us harder, um, lock us up at home." Um, everybody was on the same page. I was actually saying, "You know, let's do this for two weeks and then and then get through it, and then it's it's, it's done, right?" Um, because it was such uh, a psychologically um, stressful time, right? Um, and then with time, you know, people started asking questions and people were, were getting more, more suspicious of the activities. And, and especially here in Austria, uh, in, in Germany also to an extent, it's also interesting to see that the politicians are just utterly, utterly incompetent. They are basically idiots. Um, and it's, it's hard to say that and it's hard to see that, but it's also, it's also a, a little bit of, you know, comforting to see that because they, they don't have a big plan. Um, they they just they just do whatever needs to be done to to get you know through the week basically. Um, this is also something that 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 ties into the idea of the sovereign individual. This book from 1995, where they say that people will get more um, rights digitally and more uh, possibilities, then that and polit politics will not be so important, and politicians will have to try and be you know clowns basically to actually get the attention you know that's how we get trump and that's how we get uh, johnson and quilts in austria and and um and now i mean people are starting to ask more questions um the war in ukraine is the next thing you know um you know you might be on one side you might be on the other side you might be undecided but you know that you know there's a lot, a whole lot of bullshit coming from the media, and especially interesting in Austria because Austria is in the middle of Europe, but we're not NATO. So here, the media is a bit more, um, you know, looking at both sides. At least in theory, I don't really have a, a, like a strong opinion, but but 
Um, and also then there is like the real stories. You know, I've talked, I've been talking to a girl from Ukraine who, who, who took her money um, out in Bitcoin. You know, I've actually, I'll, I'll publish a, 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 a podcast with her on, on, on the Substack that you showed. Uh, fixed, it's called Fix the Money. Um, so, so there's the real stories there. The real stories of, of people using Bitcoin um, to, to, to help themselves and others. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you look at, at Nigeria, it's also interesting. Um, it's they they actually banned Bitcoin a couple of, of like two years ago. They banned Bitcoin, um, and and the Bitcoin usage went up uh, threefold within a couple of weeks because the the, the the people said, well, if the government bans it, we have to try it, you know. And and there was a great article in the Guardian of all places um, that actually really did a very good job of of um, of writing about this and, and documenting this process. Um, how the government utterly failed to stop Bitcoin, and the, and you know why the article was so good, because it was actually written by a Nigerian who went out on the street and talked to the people, and not some some guy in London um, who who had to go to his next um, um, you know lunch meeting, right? Um, and and so there's still journalism like that being done, but very rarely. And and th there you get a glimpse of what people really do. I mean, I've heard stories about you know you said you're from Venezuela, right? I've heard stories about houses being built in Venezuela with Bitcoin mining already built in, so they can heat it with the government. And the, the funniest thing about autocratic and socialist governments um, from Venezuela to Iran is that they always subsidize energy because if you don't subsidize energy, you get your head chopped off by the, by the people, you know, you get hung from the next, from the next tree. So you need to subsidize energy so people can heat their homes and cook their food. Right. Um, but if you give them subsidized energy, they will use that energy to mine some Bitcoin because the, the, the currency is worthless. Um, so you actually give them the energy, um, so to help themselves. Uh, but I mean, yes, that's the incentives, but do we really go from point A to point B without any a lot of trouble? Probably not. There will be a lot of trouble, and it's already started. It's already started, and 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 there will be more. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think if if we see politicians really embracing Bitcoin at some point, and I think that will happen because, I mean, you've met uh, one or two Bitcoiners, right? And they are very passionate about Bitcoin, and they are not going to vote for anybody. Who doesn't like Bitcoin? So, um, and and we are basically one issue voters around, and and, and the new uh, uh, another party. But how do you say? Um, what's the word for like a group of voters? There's a word, right? A group of a group a coalition of of it's basically, a voter yeah. base. It's a voter yeah. base. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's it's fascinating watching this play out. They don't know what to do and. They'll never admit as to why the it is, which is fascinating, right? In Nigeria, the UN, the IMF, the hostility of Bitcoin by the IMF, the World Bank, the ECB, Federal Reserve. They'll never acknowledge as to why people are seeking an alternative, right? It's like they're avoiding the inflation topic. They're 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 completely you know trying to brush that aside. And that's the reason, right? Look, in, in, in and unfortunately, it's what you said, because people are, are looking at Bitcoin more from a speculative basis in the United States, right? They're not that incentive isn't there. But if I'm in Venezuela, if I'm in Nigeria and the question is, yes, support the central bank and government use their currency versus let me actually put food on the table. Right. It, it's a clear it's it's a very clear decision. 
every single time. And I, I completely agree. And that's something that I've always said for, for, for many years now. And a buddy of mine, Alex Gladstein, wrote a book about this called Financial Privilege. Mm -hmm. the, the reality is that 60 percent of the world does not have the privilege of living in a country that has a stable fiat currency that's not stealing from you enough for you to actually realize and do something about it. But anyways, I, I wanted to pivot a little bit and talk about because we talked a whole lot about uh, the the demon coin, central bank digital currencies. Demon I want to talk. Let, can I say one positive thing though? One positive thing. I mean, the implications of the whole world being on an easily accessible hard money standard are absolutely staggering. If you have millions and millions of Africans actually being able to, you know, um, save their money and actually use their money like it's supposed to be used um who knows where the next amazon is going to come from who knows where the next um uh, jeff bezos is going to be born how much human potential has been wasted to inflation and corruption around the world we don't know um and we have a, a whole class of economists who say well it's it's you know the money can't be hard if the money is hard then you know we don't know what to do we don't know how to to steer the economy um but that's of course total bullshit i mean the um uh, I had Ramin, Ramin Damisaitegan, um, who is actually an Austrian economist from Austria on the podcast, and he gave me this statistic. He said, you know, where the, the, the country with the most per capita um, economist was actually the Soviet Union, because you need economists if you want to, you know, you know um, do some, <laughs> some, steering, some steering in the thing. You don't need any economists. We need to, we need to stop, um, you know, building economists. We, we need engineers. We need doctors. We need... We need um, um, probably more content creators, but we absolutely do not need more economists. And because they, they are not, I mean, 99% of them would never get a job in the free market. They all work for government, right? Um, and and thinking about a, a monetary system that actually works for, for itself, that works for everybody, um, and it actually works, it's absolutely amazing. And uh, so what I try to do when I, when I go on like, like television or podcasts with, with like mainstream media, I basically, I give them the, the idea of, okay, we, we talk about, um, you know, robots taking our jobs, right? We talk, but we always talk about robots taking the jobs of the little people, you know, the woman who works in the supermarket. She, gets, she, she loses her job because of, of, of a computer. But I like to think that Christine Lagarde will lose her job because of a computer. And the guy who talks shit about Bitcoin, the Frankfurter Allgemeine, will lose his job because of a computer because we do not need these people. They don't even do their job very well. You know, the inflation is, is, is raging. And if it's not raging, it's too low. It's always a crisis that always needs to be some, some, some emergency uh, money printing uh, package. It's, 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 it literally does officially does not work, but they still act like they are the guardians of the universe. So at some point, um, you know, push will come to shove. The question in Europe will always be, um, will it be in this um, situation that we have right now with the European Union or the Euro, or will that just go away and we go back to, 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 to nations, which is totally an option and you know, many people would actually welcome it. Uh, of course, we need to keep like a couple of treaties so we can cross borders and we don't have to pay for roaming in another country and stuff like that but that's not going to be that hard um, but that's a bit in the future i think a hundred percent the 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 thing that i that that i found 
fascinating with what you're saying, um, Nico, was, and it's something that the sovereign individual did touch upon, right? Is that the, it's not only Bitcoin, but the internet is going to breed this entrepreneurship worldwide, the likes of which we've never seen before. And, I, and I've actually experienced this myself, right? I, I hire Bitcoiners all the time. I don't even know who what their real names are. Sometimes they're on the other side of the world and they give me work and I pay for that work. Like, look, here's yours. Like, I don't need to know your name. I don't need to know who you are. And that is going to benefit developing countries the most because they've been cut off from the financial system completely. And what blows my mind, Nico, is that the IMF, the United Nations, which were pitched to us as institutions that were supposed to help us. In fact, in the United Nations uh, report, at the very top, their slogan is literally, quote, prosperity for all, right? And that's bullshit. It's prosperity for all as long as we have control. But it's the fact that they have control is what's causing and is what's stopping prosperity for all in the first place. And this kind of tie this in with what you were saying about Christine Lagarde, um, you know, Jerome Powell, all these central bankers, all these institutions, the IMF, Bitcoin completely disintermediates them. They no longer need to exist. Now we have we know what our monetary policy is going to be for the next hundred something years. Right. Thanks to Bitcoin and Satoshi. They don't need to exist. And what I'm seeing, Nico, is that they're trying to justify their existence to everybody. And you're starting to see little totalitarian slips out here and there so, and trying to beat you into the ground and saying, we do need to exist. You you couldn't survive without the with, without us. And it's it's bittersweet to see. You see it. You're like, yeah, they're losing. They're freaking out because of it. But at the same time. They're, we're definitely entering the then they fight you stage for sure. Yeah, we're in the middle of when, they, and it's very hard to you know see how we are going to get how we're going to get um, into the this future without like these institutions because these institutions are so important to the way we live today, right? I mean, even the even the the, the Nobel Prize in economics gets paid for <laughs> by, by by the central bank, yeah. Um, and and then of course the IMF um, and the World Bank have both been been introduced in order to stabilize um, this the, the the system of Bretton Woods because they basically introduced the stabilization the stabilization mechanism because they knew it wouldn't work out of the gates um, and then of course like bureaucracies always do they find new things to do right the Bank of International Settlements was set up in order to in order to facilitate the payment of gold debt. Um, from Germany to, to, to France after the First World War. Nico, I can tell you that that has been paid and the Bank of International Settlements is still there. You know, and they're very powerful and nobody knows what they're doing. The Swiss, the police are not even allowed to go into the premises. You know, they are, they are above the law. And this is also a thing that, that we, we have to talk about at some point, you know, because, because of course, I mean, if these institutions need to get dismantled, um, not only economically, but also practically, then we need to, to talk about, um, um, you know, how to do this legally, basically. Um, but this is also uh, uh, probably in the future. So maybe they, maybe, you know, at some point they'll probably get going to buy Bitcoin in order to, 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 to justify their own existence. Maybe that's, in, they, they hold gold, right? They hold gold. Um, they hold Supposedly. it to control it. 
I mean, they do. I think they do. Um, I don't. I. I. I mean, of course, I don't know. But I've at least I've been in the in the Austrian Central Bank and I've seen the gold with my own eyes, uh, three times. Because we actually got the gold home. We got a, a, a large part of it home, half of it. Um, it was it was stored outside of Austria in order to keep it safe from the Russians officially. Um, but now we got at least half of it home. Why did we get it home? Because because um, the governments do not trust. The, the, the after 2008, you know, the governments are not trusting the, the financial system as much as they did before. So at least having some gold within your country, bo country's borders sounds like a good idea. Um, and actually the, the euro, the whole euro system has, has more like uh, almost 50% more gold than the US has. So there is also that, that part. They could, they could try and play the gold card actually before they, before they buy Bitcoin. 100%. And uh, Nico, I, I want to take advantage of the fact that let, let's take advantage of the uh, the last, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the podcast. And we've been talking about, you know, the demon coin. We've been talking about the last boss, right, which are central bank digital currencies. And what I want, what I want to spend the rest of the podcast is talking about the alternative. And the alternative is Bitcoin. I, I always say this, maybe it's a little bit hyperbolic, but it is what it is. Bitcoin or slavery. Bitcoin is freedom, central bank digital currencies is slavery. That's the world that they want for us. They, you see it in the propaganda. They want these passports. They want to control the money. If they control, if they have, if they enable these digital digital uh, uh, digital currencies, look at what already happened in Canada. But they yeah. had to go through. They at least had to go through a bank. What these CBDCs will enable them to do is flick of a switch. You have a wrong political thought and they're already rolling this out in China, which is it's crazy. So what and, is and the alternative? Was, Go ahead. And there was there was this article that I always show in my in my in my talks about the 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 German Bundesbank, the German central bank, um, actually having it like a Zoom conference with the Chinese central bank about how, how what to do with the digital um, uh, euro, you know, which is absolutely appalling to me because the Germans are not supposed to take, you know, cues from the communists. Um, it's, 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 it's because at least the Bundesbank is still, is, I mean, the Germans love the Bundesbank because the Bundesbank gave them the, 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 the D-Mark, the German mark, uh, after the war, after the inflation, you know, Germans and, and Austrians hate inflation because they had hyperinflation in the twenties and we still, you know, people still talk about it. Um, so, so, um, um. I'm totally with you when it comes to to Bitcoin or slavery. It took me a while to get it, um, but but in the end, um, once I realized that Bitcoin actually gives us a fighting chance because gold really doesn't. Gold just gives us like like I can I can hold my gold and be very scared, you know. Um, but this is actually, I mean, at least we can have fun going down. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it, it, it's you're spot on, and 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 gold is limited. Like, look, I, I I'm a Bitcoiner, and I would tell you, I'm the first one to tell you, I love physical gold. Like, if you have a big, you have a bar, you whatever, do that. the The issue arises when try to send that. Try, let's yeah, say yeah. you live in a totalitarian country. Try to go across the border with a great deal of gold. You know, and if it gets so bad, you're bet. You could bet that they will check your teeth at the border to see if you have gold with you. How do you stop someone going across the border memorizing a 12-word seed phrase? Yeah. And then that gives them hope because they could take all of their wealth with them, you know? So it completely changes it. And I'm going to use that to segue to another one of your uh, your articles on your Fix the Money Substack. 
I'm going to read the headline. It says, the fight of, of our lifetime. Yes, Bitcoin is an inflation hedge, but it is much, much more than that. I added that. I'm sorry. <laughs> With Bitcoin, it is also much, much more. Better said. With Bitcoin, we have a system that is run by the people, for the people, completely bypassing the broken legacy system that centralized power in the hands of the few. But it's funny because when you hear Christine Lagarde and when you hear uh, these monetary demons talking about it, they phrase it as if Bitcoin is a non-public money, but their central bank digital currencies, their fiat money is somehow a public money. I don't know about you guys, but I could verify what the supply of Bitcoin is right now. I could issue Bitcoin by mining that Bitcoin. It, the ledger is completely transparent. Their system isn't transparent. You don't know what their monetary system is. It's a few bureaucratic elite that get to make the rules for everybody else. So do you want to elaborate a little bit on, on your post, Nico, the significance of it and what a world would look like under a Bitcoin standard? Okay. Um, first of all, yeah, I mean, if you if you if you if you really break down to the the arguments that central bankers make for central banks, they say that they are independent from the state and that they fight inflation, right? Money uh, price stability. So basically, two things that Bitcoin absolutely does better than them, you know, in every possible way. So that's a very very weak argument because nobody really believes that they are independent from the state. That's completely done i mean if, if if you believe that you need to be you need to be treated um and are they fighting inflation well no um it's not in their interest to fight inflation um they have an inflation target of two percent they never hit it either they undershoot or they overshoot now they're overshooting um i wrote this article actually because um i was supposed to be talking about is bitcoin an inflation hedge um, in amsterdam at the bitcoin conference and and this is one of these these to, to, uh, um, talking points. I mean, in the end, yes. If you look at the the Austrian economists' um, inflation definition, like you said, I can I can look at the the the, the numbers of Bitcoin uh, Bitcoin out there. Of course, it is a fight. It's fighting the real inflation, like the monetary inflation. Does it fight um, price inflation? Um, we're not there yet. Um, maybe when you look at averages, yes, but it's it's too volatile, which is totally an argument that's okay, I guess. Um, so what did I, what did I write about? Well, if if the the thing is that they already started adding stuff like a climate score to the the bonds they buy within the ECB, for example. Well, first of all, the ECB is not supposed to be buying any bonds, but now they have a climate score of what uh, what companies they're going to buy. So basically, yes, what it, it is the same argument that that you are making. Are we do we want slavery to the bureaucrats or do we want freedom and and, and the freedom and with freedom comes all the other freedoms, you know, freedom of the press, freedom of, of, of expression, you know. Um, and, and, and I think we need to be, be using these things that are still there to fight for Bitcoin, because like you said, 12 words in our heads, um, that is freedom of expression. That is freedom of the press. You know, that is freedom of information. And we can take a, pic, uh, uh, a page out of the, the playbook from the, the crypto wars of the 90s when they printed out um, the, the, the code for pretty good privacy and put it into a book and send it to the U.S. Um, Department of Justice or Department of Defense, I think, and said, are you going to burn it? Are you going to ban it? You know, uh, and they actually bent back down. Now, this is probably a bigger fight because you have to fight uh, the central banks as well. Um, and, and I don't know, um, are we going to win this fight in, 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 like in front of the, the, the law? I don't know. But we are going to win this fight when inflation 
um, escalates like it does in Turkey, Nigeria, in South America. Actually, in Argentina, they when they got the, their last IMF loan, they had to sign a piece of paper that they're not going to adopt Bitcoin. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. I did know that. They're so, they, they, they don't even care. They don't even, they don't, it, it's great. It's what I was saying, Nico, earlier is that Bitcoin exposes everybody's incentives and it's, they're so terrified of this thing. And by the way, why do you think that they're giving El Salvador such a hard time? Because the IMF offered them a loan as well. And what do you think one of the contingencies of that loan is? Right. What, what do you think? One of the what are the what are, what do you think one of the uh, what what do you think one of the requirements of that loan is to El Salvador? You know, so it, it, it's 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 absurd. It's crazy. But it kind of goes back to Nico. What we were saying is all of these institutions, we were they were advertised to us. They have been saying that it's for the people. It's for everybody. We want yeah. the world. Topic. You know, yeah. whatever. But in reality, no, it's for their own bureaucracy. It's for themselves. It's not for anybody else. I think it's important to understand that most of them really believe this. And most of them do not. Um, I don't think that they are sitting there thinking about how to make the worst possible world happen. I think that they, they think that in order to keep the system going, they need to do this because they don't see any other option because they will not never think about Bitcoin as an option because Bitcoin basically invalidates everything they're doing. So they're just trying to double down on what they've been doing. But when you look into the, the history of, 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 of banking, it was only centralized because it was necessary. We centralized um, currencies because, because um, trade was, was, was severely hampered by having too many currencies. The Bank of Amsterdam was, was set up, I think, in 1604, and it was a precursor to the, to the first central bank, the Swedish uh, Riksbank. And the Bank of Amsterdam was basically just the city of Amsterdam saying, you, you know, we have these merchants coming to the city twice a year or four times a year. They bring like 600 different currencies, and then they try to find exchange rates. It's total chaos. Um, there's an opportunity here. We we give we, we we make our own money. We get we get all the the money from the 600 different uh, currencies. We take it. We give you our money, and you can use our money. And trade gets gets um, gets 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 better. Gets easier. It's the same story with gold. When you look at the history of gold coins, um, yes, the state did did play a role because the state saw that gold was used for for trade. And they um, made it easier by standardizing the, 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 the coins and by, and by um, you know, putting some heads of state, like literal heads of state onto the coins, um, like kings and princes. And then, of course, they started um, um, figuring out that they can also debase the currency by putting in some other metals. But that's a different story. I think that, um, uh, um, have you read Nick Batia's book, Liat Money? Of course, Nick yeah. is a legend. I had a, he, he comes on the pod in, in a couple of weeks, actually. So, so he he has he basically I think he starts the book with the Florine, right? From 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 I think uh, what is that fourteen hundred? I think fourteen hundred. Um, so you have these small um, uh, Italian city states that are basically private private companies in these times, right? Or comparable to what today is a private company, and they would issue gold coins and the gold coins would be would be guaranteed to have a certain weight and they figured out that they need to keep them that weight and it's not in their interest to debase the currency because they are very small so they don't really they are, they are, they are pre, uh, providing that money for the for the world basically and and these coins 
um, got such a good reputation that they were that they were used for hundreds of years within Europe as the best money. So and Bitcoin absolutely has the potential to be to be that for the whole world in a digital way. Um, and if the central bankers um, do not see this, it's, it is in the end it will be their problem. But yes, they are going to certainly try and fight it, um, just like any innovation has been fought, and and the innovation never comes where you expect it. You know, um, it's not flying cars; it's digital money. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it's interesting because this innovation, if we're successful, will fundamentally change the relationship between individual and state. And that's why it's so, look at what the internet has done. Bitcoin, if this wins, and I really do believe it wins because incentives are stronger than coercion, um, it will fundamentally change the world that we live in 10, 20 years from now, completely. And I think definitely for the better. Anyways, I want to use the last couple of minutes, Nico, to talk about because, you know, we saw the FTX blow up. And I think finally people are starting to realize to the fact that, you know, take self-custody, but also to something really interesting as well, which is the concept of Bitcoin, not crypto. Why yes. is it Bitcoin, not crypto? I believe that Bitcoin, because of its true decentralization, is the only thing that is going to be able to resist government, uh, the, the, the government's attempt at co-opting it and making it an extension of the current system today. I have a few ways to look at it. Um, I have an article also on my Substack that that um, is called the Shitcoin Standard. I, I took this from Sevedin and 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 uh, you know made my own version of it because it, um, when you really look at it and and. I mean, I don't know about you, but most people start with some shit coins at some point. Um, when you really look at it, so what, what do shit coiners do? They, they, they sell you a product um, based on some low IQ argument against Bitcoin, right? So Bitcoin is too slow. Here, have a, have a quicker currency. Bitcoin cannot do many things. Here, have a, a smart contract currency, you know? And then you forget about the actual innovation of Bitcoin of being decentralized, being totally permissionless, especially being proof of work, you know? Um, and and but then it also it also starts breaking down, right? Especially Ethereum when you look at the proof of work thing. Why did Ethereum change the proof of stake? Yes, to enrich the people who have a lot of Ethereum, but also because they know they knew that they cannot compete with Bitcoin for the proof of work um, long term because of course miners will mine the best, longest, most beautiful coin and not some other shit coin, right? Um, then then um, Bitcoin is. The only one that has not have uh, that did not have an ICO, so basically the only one that does not pass the the the, the famous Howey test, right? Um, it's the only one that is not centrally controlled by some um, um, corporation or some entity, some person who's sitting in front of the microphone rambling on about, you know. Um, it's 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 it is the only real innovation in the space, and it took me a long time to understand this because it's so hard because you know. You get to be, you get told do your own research. Well, the shitcoiners will produce a whole lot of documents and a whole lot of confusion um, for you to do some research in. And in the end, you think yes, I mean I'm gonna go with IOTA because it's the Internet of Things and it doesn't have any fees. Um, it's 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 
it's basically what's what's so tragic about it, and I think we see this with FDX especially. What's so tragic about it is that um, you see this, you see in one sector, the so-called crypto sector, you see the solution and the innovation, which is Bitcoin, and you also see the problem on steroids, which is a fear, nihilistic fiat gambling, right? Because that's what happens when uh, in, in an inflationary breakdown. You also see it. Um, when it go when when we talk about the GME and the meme stock thing, I mean, do you remember the meme stock GME AMC craze? The me, the mainstream media was all over it. It was it was painted as some huge uprising by the retail investor, but all they did was buy stocks in 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 dead companies and feel great about it. Um, and, and, oh, that's and, why and and not only that, Nico, they they stopped the trading after the little guy started doing too well. <laughs> Oh man! Oh man! Sorry. Continue. I just no, had no, to no. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, and and but when you look at the media, that that there's been movies made and Netflix documentaries about the GME revolution. You know, where's the Bitcoin movie? They're not doing the Bitcoin movie because they're too scared of Bitcoin. Um, and they, they, so we have to do the Bitcoin movies, which which gives it more credibility anyway. I actually, you know, that um, did you know that that uh, Red Bull is an Austrian company? I did know that. Yes. Yeah. So, so I grew up uh, in the '90s, right, when Red Bull started, and I also wrote about this because there are some similarities. When Red Bull started, um, it was supposed to be super revolutionary and super cool because it was banned in France, right? The French, the French didn't have it for a long time. It was banned in France, so everybody needed to buy Red Bull because some other country banned it, right? It made it super cool. And then you had 200 new energy drinks. We were collecting them as kids. We had like uh, a whole, our, our rooms were smelling horribly, right? Because of all the energy drink cans in there. Um, and, and, and everybody was like, yeah, it's the future. There's going to be hundreds of energy drinks. No, they all died. They all died. And then, and then after 20 years, you had, now you have cheap store brand energy drinks that get bought by people who smoked two cigarettes before they even have their first coffee in the morning, right? And and those are CBDCs. Those are CBDCs. <laughs> oh man, that was a great that was a good that was a good analogy. So one of the things though, Nico, and tie this up this is my last question, is it's interesting because it's almost as if Bitcoin maximalism, some call it Bitcoin toxicity. I was actually on a panel on Bitcoin 2021 in the main stage. And the name of the panel was why Bitcoin toxicity is necessary. What are your thoughts on Bitcoin toxicity? Some people call it toxicity. At this point, I, I wear that as a patch of, of honor. Um, what are your thoughts on Bitcoin maximalism, Bitcoin toxicity? Is it necessary in this environment? Is it necessary to be that way to expose the frauds because guys i don't know about you guys but i remember we were called disinform disinformers when we said that inflation was coming we were called toxic when we warned people to take self-custody and alex mashinsky the ceo of of celsius was actually attacking us it looks like Bit bitcoin maxis have been shooting 100 percent 
I mean, don't forget about, you know, Duquan buying um, Bitcoin for, for the terrorist reserve. I mean, that was a conundrum, right? Because the argument was, um, why, would you, why would you be in favor of MicroStrategy buying Bitcoin, but not Terra buying Bitcoin, right? And basically, that was a situation where most, where, where most Marxists basically did not have a real argument. They just said it, it, it smelled fishy, right? And, and it did, and they were right. And, and uh, toxicity, it's, like I said, um, especially in Europe, um, you know, freedom of expression is not as, as, as well-developed as it is in the US, and it's, we're not used to, be, to, to, to talk about things that openly. Um, and we have to learn this, and toxicity is a way to do this. Um, and, there is, and, and you need um, this, this, this toxicity, and there is no toxicity within the Bitcoin space. Yes, there is fights and whatever, but it's basically just a, a, a bunch of grown, of grown dudes sending orange hearts at each other all day long, right? <laughs> Uh, I mean, my, my wife is like totally uh, amazed by by how nice everybody is, right? We when we had when we had the, the there was one guy saying this in the chat, and I want to say hi. You know, when we had the the Bitcoin um, um, conference in Innsbruck in Austria with 900 people in September, the guys who did the catering were totally astounded because everybody just you know um, carried you know pulled away their their plates and and it basically started cleaning up after themselves. You know, they said that they never saw something like that. Um, so, so the Bitcoin, Bitcoiners are not that toxic when you let them be Bitcoiners, but when you attack them and when you, when you tell them, no, you have to take this shit coin and that shit coin or the, the central bank digital currency. Yes. Then toxicity is extremely important and extremely necessary because you have to say no and you have to, because if you, if you're being too polite, you know, you have some, some, the, 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 the shit coiners are going to enter your space and then you have. It's not even that we don't like these people. I mean, they are going to end up being Bitcoiners anyway. But but we need you need to have like I don't I'm not gonna say safe space, right? But you need um, to be able to 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 have your own thing going on, and you need to be, because we we know that the 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 the, the, the altcoins are going to die out eventually. So why we, should we should we um, um, not you know um, have conferences and 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 spaces and YouTube channels um, committed to Bitcoin, especially? Because there is so much to explore. Me as a journalist, I actually decided to go down the Bitcoin route and start a podcast and a newsletter and, and a YouTube channel. After I decided um, two things. First thing, I'm probably never going to get rich with this crypto thing because so far I only lost money. And second, um, I'm going to do Bitcoin only because I, I started with, um, you know, fixing the money, even in my gold days, um, it was not about making money, it was about um, fixing it. And, and if I go Bitcoin only, I can concentrate on this and not, um, and not um, go from one blockchain thing to the other. And it's so confusing and you can see it with the people. It just, it, it, it fucks with their head, right? It's, it's, there's so many different ways to go and, and Bitcoin is, is very simple. Which is important. It's as, because it's supposed to be a global monetary network. It cannot be too complicated. People need to understand it quickly, and we need to do an even better job of explaining it, educating it. Um, you know, UI and software, hardware. There is many things going on. Uh, more things need because I really believe that the chance is there in building the infrastructure faster than they can fight it, and, they, and faster than they can come up with their demon coin. That's the only way to do it. So, so speed really is on our side. That's also why I, I actually I quit my last job because I realized 
in the Bitcoin space, I need to be able to to move extremely quickly, right? So, so like, like today, I mean, this is my 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 second stream today, my my third interview today. <laughs> uh, I cannot explain this to 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 an to an employer, right? Even if I'm doing this as an expert, it's it's impossible. So I need to be on my own. Nico, that was an absolute pleasure, man. I really enjoyed our conversation. Nico, where can people find out more about you? Well, first of all, Nico, thanks so much for having me. I always love um, catching up with American Bitcoiners and 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 doing like like you know bridging bridging the ocean, right? Um, and where where can people find me? Well, you can I think you can see it on screen at Nico Yilch, which is which is Twitter, of course. We all spend way too much time on Twitter. Um, it's it's the main hub, right? My Substack is fixthemoney.substack.com. I actually also own the domain fixthemoney.net, so I, I'm going to use that at some point. Um, and my my other stuff, you can find me on YouTube and uh, my podcast. If you just Google my name, Nico Yilich, my YouTube channel is mostly German. I do have a couple of interviews with um, Alex Gladstein, Nick Bartia, Sefidina Moose, um, Luke Roman, um, Brent Johnson. I do have some, some, some uh, English interviews as well. And I'm also going to be launching a couple of podcasts that I did on the like not the campaign trail but like the the the, the how do you say the event trail or convention trail I, I talked to Greg Foss and Jeff Booth and Isabella Kaminska and actually I this was already in the summer and I didn't have the time to publish it yet but this will also come on the Substack. Thank you for having me. Awesome Nico. Thank you so much. Guys that was another episode of Simply Bitcoin IRL. We will see you back tomorrow at 12.15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for the normal show. I'm Nico. You can follow me on Twitter at BitVault7. We love you all. Shout out to Opti for producing in the back. We will see you guys later.